Hey, I hope you got your Bible. I hope right there that you're uh, ready to look into the Word because, you know, the Word is our life. And uh, just grateful that you're here. If you got your Bible, go to Matthew's Gospel. I think I'll be all over it this morning. Uh, and I uh, just really believe I got a word for you. Matthew 18, three verses right here, and then we'll jump. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. This is just a great, powerful passage of Scripture that talks about us living in agreement. Not just in agreement with God, but in agreement with one another. You know, to agree, to live in one accord, to live in harmony, to live as one. You know, to to be without contention, no quarreling, to to make all the instruments play together and, and for them to sound like they're in one big symphony with each other. If you and I are honest this morning, we recognize that not much of the world is operating in agreement with each other. There's so much division and separation going on that it just really makes you wonder if we've read this scripture and read this word. It says, if two or three of you agree, in other words, there's a condition here that if that condition is met, then this power of God begins to operate in our lives. I mean, Let's think about it for a minute. Have you ever wondered why God just didn't leave Adam alone? I mean, why cause the mess, right? You get Adam and Eve together and then all this. So what was the advantage of that? Well, the prophet Amos says that how can two walk together unless they agree, unless they live in this harmony and this accord? I really believe that when you just look into the Garden of Eden, you recognize that God was putting a system into place that where two or three agree. It kind of makes you wonder why Adam just didn't disagree with Eve. But, but where two or three agree. This power of agreement, I want to suggest, is one of the greatest truths of the kingdom of God. And yet it's one of the most left unused truths. And the psalmist said how blessed and good it is for brothers to dwell together in unity in Psalm 133, because he says, there I have commanded a blessing. I want to suggest to us that in these particular moments that maybe we need to recapture and recover the truth of what it means to live in agreement, in harmony, in symphony with one another, that that we walk together in that agreement. Because Jesus said, again, I say to you, whatever you bind, whatever you lose, if two or three of you on earth agree on anything, it'll be done. Well, we need a few things done. I don't, I don't know about you, but I can see some stuff that needs to be accomplished, things that need to be done. And if you, if you go back and you read in the scriptures, you find in the very first part of the Bible, in Genesis 11, you see that story about how men got together and they decided they could build a city to heaven on their own. And God himself said, listen, if, if we don't do something, whatever they imagine, they will accomplish And he went down there and confused their language so they couldn't work in harmony or agreement. So here are people that weren't even working according to the word of God. And God said the power of agreement would make them a ability to accomplish anything. Well, I wonder how much more we could accomplish right here, right now, if we just learned to live in agreement, in harmony, if we could come together in those things. And honestly, 
when you read John 17 and Jesus said, Lord, may they be one. Truthfully, the fact of the matter is, is we are already one with God. God considers us one with Him. Because of the sacrifice of His Son Christ, we have been reconciled and we really are one with God. We're only separated in our thinking. We're only separated in our actions. We're separated in the fact that we don't live in this unity that God has given to us. And I really believe that the power of agreement, the power of living in unity is a must if we're going to see the will of God manifest right here in our lives. I mean, think about it. If your body does not live in unity with itself, if your kidneys don't pay attention to your brain, you got a real problem. I mean, your body has many different parts, but they live in symphony. They live in agreement with one another, and they take their instructions from your head. And so if your body functions in agreement, it's healthy. If it doesn't function in agreement, it lives in an unhealthy way. And I just want to suggest to us right now in 2020, in this moment, that perhaps the body of Christ should recover the words that Christ said. If two of you can agree. If two of you, there I am, and, and the power of God would be unleashed, can I just suggest to us, body of Christ, that maybe we ought to return to this simple little reality that agreement is a decision. It's a quality decision. It's a decision to live in agreement with God, in agreement with each other, in, in, in agreement with what God has said about us, and that if we'd make a quality decision of which we were determined and diligent to walk in, that there is something that would take place in our world, even in the midst of the threats that are going on around us. Could I suggest that maybe we ought to be called back into this reality of this vision that God had from the beginning that we would live in harmony with him, in union with him, in unity with one another, and that that is his vision. That is the way the kingdom of God was designed to work. And that vision has to become a value of ours. We have to begin to value what it means to live in unity with one another. We have to begin to value again how it is to live reconciled with each other and with God. And until we value it, we'll never make it a virtue. In other words, we'll never put it to practice. We'll never make it a habit. And you never develop a virtue if you don't begin to practice it. If you don't practice it with each other, if you don't practice it in your family, it, 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 just, it just becomes lost. And the truth of agreement, in my opinion, is being lost in the body of Christ. We're separated by denominations and by doctrines. And if you just think about it, Jesus, the Word of God, becoming flesh. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In other words, we operate in agreement with each other. The entire God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they operate in unity with one another. That is God. These relationships of these three in one, it is a mystery. I can't even explain it. Uh, the, uh, Solomon says a threefold cord is not easily broken. In other words, we're two or three agree as we operate as God operates in that Trinitarian reality, in that incarnational thing where God takes upon flesh and he manifests the invisible and we see that unity operating even in God. See how we treat one another today how we respond to one another, how we live together with one another, how we operate with one another reveals God to the world around us. 
It's no wonder that people have rejected Christ because they look at us and they see us not living in unity with each other. They see us holding grudges with each other. They see us separated by our opinions, by our doctrines. And the truth of the matter is, is we've been given the ability and the grace to live in unity with God and unity with one another and to treat one another with that kind of respect. To understand that Jesus became flesh and lived here and that I am because he says I am. That I am what I am because the great I am says I am. That, that whatever this Bible says that I am, that I am. And that I can do what he says I can do and I can be what he says I can be because he says we are. And to live in agreement with that. To live in unity with that, to agree that we're forgiven, that we're saved, that we're filled with his spirit, that we can walk on this earth as though we were manifesting the kingdom of God right now, right here. But we are so skeptical and so cynical of one another. We're so suspicious of one another. And yet Matthew, all the way through the Matthew, in, in the chapter 7, he says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, it's like a wise man that builds his house upon a rock. We can't just agree to agree. It's not a mental state. We can't just go, oh, well, that's cute. We have to begin to realize that we have to do this agreement thing. We have to live this way. We, we have to make it a value, a priority. We, we have to begin to practice what it means to live out this agreement, to, to, to not just think about it being some sort of utopia, but to put in practice what it means to walk in unity with one another and that our lives essentially, that your life and my life actually begins to be the outworking of, uh, of that unity between God and man and between man and each other. And I know there's people all the time saying, well, pastor, that, that's, just, that's just a great idea. No, it's not. No, it is not. I mean, even prior to the coming of Christ, the Bible says that Jonathan and David's heart were knit together and they lived like one, two souls coming together. It, it's not only possible, it is the will of God for us to live as though we're friends, knitted together. And so it's like two souls living in the same body. That's what friendship really is. That's what covenant really is. That's how the, the, the divinity and the humanity become one. That's the whole story is where we can agree, where the two of us live as though we were knit together in this. It's a way of being. It's a way of living. It's a system. It's a kingdom. It, it's a, it, it. Listen, there are languages that have no pronoun for me and you. It's only us and we. The, the word in, in an African language is umbutu. In other words, I am because we are. Without we, there is no me. There, there has to be an us. And we're, we're brought into that harmony. And the reading out of the lectionary this week is John 15, where he says, I'm the vine, you're the branch. And the branch can't live unless it's in that vine. And if your word abides in me and I abide in you, and then you can do anything you want to. It is about that abiding and that dwelling and that unity and that being united together in this agreement and that we live that out. And I would say, my friends, that we have settled in my lifetime. I won't even talk about the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years. In my lifetime, we've not made living in agreement the value that Christ seems to put upon it when he looks here in the 18th chapter. It, the kingdom of God doesn't operate 
in any other way. It doesn't operate unless we come into this system, this mode, if you will, of operation. It, 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 <laughs> I mean, God is a God of order. He looks at chaos and he speaks his word into it and suddenly the chaos takes on shape and he has solar systems and he has ecosystems and he has nervous systems and, and he has vascular systems and, and God works with a system and that, that, that was creation and God, God has this, ob, the kingdom has this system and it's that system of agreement and harmony and quite frankly the fall, the, the falling out of is when we refuse to operate in the system of God. When we refused, when Adam and Eve broke, and instead of trusting God to provide for them, they went and tried to do it themselves, and they bought that lie, that lie that, well, did God say? Is God really for you? Maybe God's holding out on you, and, and we fall out of trust. And the system of the world is competitive. The system of the world is comparative. The system of the world is critical of other people and measures the performance. And, and so the system of this world is all about uh, how we compare and we contrast and how we live outside of that agreement. I mean, Matthew 18 begins by the disciples asking Jesus the question, who's the greatest? Who's the greatest? In other words, they're already competing and comparing and they're contrasting. And, and who's the greatest? It's, it's like that fairy tale, you know, Snow White, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? That's the system of the world. Who's the greatest? Who's more important? Who's in? Who's out? Who's up? Who's down? Who's right? Who's wrong? And this whole chapter of Matthew 18, it comes down into this little verse where it says, listen, I'm telling you something. If two or three of you can agree, if we can agree that we, more than I, or you, if we get out of that dualistic mindset of you and me and us and them, and no, no, the left, the right, the, uh, the Baptist, the Methodist, if two or three of you can agree that all of us have been chosen by God, that all of us are unique and special in His sight, and that together, in that unity of God, you see, James says it. He says in James 3.16, he says, where there is envy and self-seeking, in confusion, there is every evil thing. Can I tell you that evil lives in the system of strife? That evil is empowered in the midst of division. And I, I, got, I got news for you. Whether it's a plague or whether it's a war or whatever it is, it has the seedbeds of strife. The seedbed where everybody has their opinions and their ideas and their interpretations. And in the midst of that kind of strife, evil is planted because that's the system of man. That's the system of the world. And the kingdom of God is the system of agreement and where we come into harmony with God. And you do understand that the enemy wants you to be offended. The enemy wants you to, because it's that when we take offense to things or we take adverse places with one another, the simple reality is this is it. Not your opinions of this, but this becoming a person. This is not, but when the Word of God becomes a person and you see Jesus living and loving and leading us into a way, a way of being that is in agreement with the Father. I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. And the Father heals the sick and the Father feeds the hungry and the Father forgives those that disagree with Him. 
He gives them grace and mercy and favor. And church, can I tell you, we are the representation. We're the manifestation of Jesus. And if we stop being the manifestation of that unconditional love and we gender this strife, then evil has a system in which it works. And it's diseased. And, it, and, it's, and I just really feel empowered this morning and this evening. Whenever you come online, I just want to plead with us that Christ said, if there's agreement, then anything's possible. If we could just get back to recognizing that God has come to look over. I mean, if you go to Paul, 2 Corinthians 5, he, he, he said that God was in Christ reconciling the world redeeming the world, bringing the world back into harmony with him. Not because they had earned it or deserved it, because they did anything or didn't do anything, but because he loved us and through his grace and his favor, he brings man back into his family. And he, listen, and he says, I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. I've given you this ministry of bringing people back into harmony and this favor because it was a decision, because he chose us, because he chose us before the foundation of the world and he calls us his friends. We have to recognize today, we must in 2020, recognize that the operating system of the kingdom of God is to live in harmony, to live in unity. Not because you're right and I'm wrong, or not because we come into some agreement with opinions, but because we recognize that because of the grace of God, he brings us into this harmony and we can trust God. <coughs> we don't have to trust in ourselves. We don't even have to trust in our interpretation. Isaiah chapter 58, I just, I love the chapter. And in the Amplified, he said, then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. You will take away in your midst the yokes of oppression wherever you find them and the finger pointing in scorn towards the oppressed. Listen, there's too much finger pointing going on in the world. I've been alive 61, almost 62 years. And the system of the world is to point fingers at others. See, 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 yeah, but... Listen, Isaiah says that if you'll stop pointing out other people's shortcomings, if you'll stop pointing out those, if you'll, oh, Matthew says it again, he says, if you agree with your adversary quickly, if you, how do you agree with an adversary? You forgive them. That's what you do. You agree with your enemy. You agree with that. Uh, you agree with them. And how do you agree with an adversary? Well, number one, you don't sweat the small stuff. Number two, it's all small stuff because we don't really know. Listen to me, we have to begin to recognize that the power uh, of the kingdom of God is available to us, but it will never open as long as we live in division and strife. Uh, come on, the disciple said, well, how often do I forgive? Right, right after that verse in 21, 22 of 18, how often? He says 70 times 7. If you add it up, that means it's a continual, ongoing. Listen, we all need to live wet. We all need to live dripping of the waters of baptism and recognizing that it's God that washes us from all of the things. And we live, he said, to, to live in the waters of our baptism daily, to walk around dripping with the reality that Christ has baptized us into his forgiveness. And that's the only way that we live in agreement. That's the only way we stay in harmony with one another. And this dynamic power that would be released in the body of Christ, this harmony that would take place. Assuredly, I say unto you, whatever you bind 
is bound. Whatever you loose is loosed. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree, two of us, that, that echoes Matthew 16, just, just right before that, it echoes that. Blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood did not reveal to you. And I say to you, Peter, that on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What's the key that unlocks or that opens, that locks, that unlocks the key of the kingdom? The kingdom that he said, it's my pleasure to give to you. My kingdom that's right here. My, the kingdom of God. Listen, what's going on in heaven. You have the keys to unlock it. And that key is the power of agreement. That key is the fact that we agree that Christ died for all of us. We agree that he rose from all of us. We agree that he pours out his grace on all of us. We agree, not because we line up with, but because he said so. He said, this is the key that unlocks the power of God. I don't care what's going on in the world. We can unlock the power of God on the world right now. Where this unity would take the place of disunity. Where, where uh, listen, diversity is divine. Division is diabolical. If we would recognize that God created all of us in his image, and yet each one of us display a different piece and a different part, and there's uniqueness to each of us, and this key of unlocking Good heavens. Luke says it better than, than, than maybe Matthew. Luke, Luke says that, that, he, that Jesus said, I saw light, Satan fall as lightning from the sky because I gave you authority. You and I have the authority of the kingdom of God. We have the ability to release the kingdom of God. We have the ability to manifest the kingdom of God. If we just agree, agree what? That every one of us matter, that every one of us are important, that every one of us are a, a, a revelation of God. And we agree that we've all been... I mean, at the end of Matthew, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, you go into the world and you manifest the power of God. Mark says that as you go into the world, that signs and wonders follow us. That, that as we go agreeing that God loves the world, that the kingdom of God is open. <laughs> I was meditating last night, just thinking, and meditation's a big word. Let me just say this. I was sitting alone with Jesus, just quietly. I mean, sometimes you just sit alone with Jesus, and I, and, and, and I saw it, and I saw that reality of this agreement, and it really is what gave the impetus for me to speak this to you. And, and I, I got to thinking about Peter, and Peter goes to Joppa, and he's sitting up on the top of the house. He's sitting on the roof, and he gets caught up in a trance, caught up in this kind of... I don't know. This trance is what the Bible says. And he's caught up into that trance and he's sitting there and he sees the sheet coming down out of heaven and he sees these unclean animals according to Jewish law. And the Lord speaks to him and says, don't you ever call unclean that which I have cleaned. And it changes the entire faith. Here's Peter, this Jew, and all of his life he's been told not to eat pork. All of his life he's been told that's unclean. And, and the only people of God were the Jews, just this special group of people. And all of a sudden, in this mysterious trance, this prophetic word, this revelation from God, all of a sudden you, most of you anyway, Gentiles, people that had never before been allowed to be in the presence of God, all of a sudden we are. Think about it, because of a trance, because of a moment in prayer, because of a mystical revelation, P 
Peter begin to agree that the Gentiles could be saved. Now, it takes Paul to write the theology out, but, but it begins because of a revelation. Can I tell you that when you and I get a mystical revelation that we are brothers and sisters together, when we, 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 it touches our heart that we are not divided with one another, that God loves us all. If we get that revelation and that agreement, if two of us can agree that in spite of our differences, Jesus is the Lord of both of our lives, uh, and that what you think about this and what I think about that, and what this, that, that we get in agreement with that, that we're two or three believers. Not, not that we agree on how we interpret the eschatology, how we agree that you should be baptized, sprinkled, or dunked, or spit on. It's not that. It's that we agree that Jesus loves and forgives and brings us all into the faith, and we refuse to be divided. That's the kingdom of God. That's the key to the kingdom of God. And again, Matthew is all about this kingdom. He says, Seek ye first the kingdom. Seek ye first to, 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 to want that operating system. The Amplified says, seek that way of being and that way of living. To seek that, to long for that kingdom to be manifested. I want the kingdom of God manifested. I don't want this or that or the other. I want the kingdom of God to break out in 2020 all over the world because that'll stop the plague. That'll stop the economic. That'll stop the famine. That, that, that's the answer to all of it is that we agree that we've been reconciled as children of God into his presence. That agreement. This Bible is filled with great stories before and after Jesus of how men agreed. There's this, there's this tremendous story of four lepers sitting outside starving to death. They're sitting outside the walled city and they're starving to death. And the four lepers come to this realization, well, we can sit here and die, or we can get up and go to where the food is. We can get up and move there. But if they go towards the city, then the army might kill them because lepers have to stay out here. You see, lepers aren't allowed in. And so they're sitting out here starving to death. But four lepers said, well, we can either sit here and die outside of the provision, or we can get up and we can take a chance. And they get up and they agree. And they begin to move towards that city. And the Bible says in the book of Kings that the armies heard great armies coming and they dropped their weapons and fled. And all of a sudden these four lepers are eating. Four lepers that come into agreement. Or about the four friends. And they have, in the Gospels, there's these four friends and they have another friend who's paralyzed. And they pick up their friend and they carry him to where Jesus is and they can't get into the house. And the Bible says they went up on the roof and they ripped off the house and they lowered that man into four friends, four lepers, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. You want to know the power of agreement? If two of you agree, and again... You go, you go read Jonathan and Jonathan and, and his armor bearer and they're standing here and the entire army of Israel has been stopped. And Jonathan turns around and looks at his armor bearer, his servant, and he says, hmm, I wonder if God, I wonder if just numbers keep God. Well, what if just two of us, just two of us? And the armor bearer says, do everything that's in your heart. And because two of them agreed, it says they climbed up the mountain and they begin to destroy the evil that was opposing. Just two. Just two. 
What if, what if I just agreed with you? What if you just agreed with me? What, what if we begin just to agree that if we get up and move, then, then God will open up provision? What, what if we just get up and we carry a friend and we lower them into the presence of God? What, what if we just agree, you do all this in your heart, I'll, and two of you on earth shall agree. My friends, I'm, I'm begging us today. Stop listening to all the stuff out there about what has, what did, what could, what would. Uh, what really matters is do we believe that God is for us and not against us? Do we really believe that we can do all things through Christ? Do we really believe that God's for you and God's for me and that all these opinions don't matter? What matters is this book says he reconciled us to himself. That we might be reconciled to one another. That we might overlook our offenses. We might overlook the strife that has been done for 2,000 years in the church. And the church might rise up and agree with one another. And if we rise up and agree with one another, he said, whatever we ask. Whatever we ask for the plague to stop. For jobs to open up. For provision to... Whatever. But we have to value the vision that God has for us living in agreement with Him, in unity with Him, not because we've earned it, but because of His grace, because of His mercy, because of His unmerited favor. Four humans getting up and walking towards, four humans helping a friend, two souls knit together. Nothing restrains the Lord by working by many or by few. What if today... You just looked around the room wherever you're at. If you just looked in your life and realized that maybe you need to stop holding offenses at other people. Maybe you needed to stop being divided from that group and that group. Maybe today the church, listen to me, the body of Christ, the manifestation of Jesus on the earth. Maybe we ought to refuse the division that's going on in the world. Maybe we ought to refuse to be a part of the strife. Maybe we ought to refuse to be separated from one another and from the power of God. Maybe we need to consecrate our lives. Maybe we need to stop pointing and opinionating. Maybe we just need to agree that God so loved the world that He gave and He reconciled us to Himself and to one another. And if we begin to agree that God can stop the plagues, that the kingdom of God, that in the kingdom of God there is no and that God's will, he told us to pray it. Thy kingdom come. This isn't about us going anywhere. This is about us releasing the kingdom of God right now. This is about the kingdom of God that's been deposited inside of us. He said the kingdom is within us and you and me. And letting the kingdom, the agreement, the harmony, the unity of God come through us out into the world. And we operate and we live in that kind of unity. <laughs> you say, oh, but pastor, that's utopia. That's... No, it's not. It's the kingdom of God. It's the will of God. It is the promise of God. It is if two or three of you agree, just you and me, just you right there. If we just get up and move towards, if we just up and carry someone, if we just agree, you do all that's in your heart. <laughs> had someone ask me this morning as I was preparing this, well, why do you think it's important for the church to gather together? 
<laughs> because it's the showing of the agreement. Why do you think it's important for my, my organs to be together in this body? Because it's the only way the body functions is together in unity. Yes, it is important that we gather together. Yes, it is important that we begin to come together. It is the enemy to separate and divide. It is God's will for that unity to happen. And it to happen, I actually think there's a recalibration, a resetting going on in the body of Christ where the divisions that have been among us for thousands of years are depleted and, and we begin to agree and come into that union and that communion. And then whatever we ask, whatever we bind, whatever we loose, what, whatever we ask in the Father's name because we are in agreement with one another, the world will benefit as the church would live out that unity. That, that's the word that I have for you this morning. It's the challenge I have for you in your marriages, in your family, in the fellowship that you attend, whatever that is. It's one of the reasons why we have recognized that when we come together, we take bread and wine and we break it and we pour it. Because that centerpiece, that centerpiece of the Lord's Supper in that upper room that, that brings us together. Everywhere I've been, up, up until a few weeks ago, I traveled a lot uh, and uh, spoke a lot. And it, it's interesting to me, all over the world, there's two things that, that every time they happen, no matter what country you're in, what, no matter what expression of the church you're in, anytime people start praying the Lord's Prayer, you go, oh, and we're united in that prayer. And anytime that communion is given, everybody knows we're celebrating the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. To come to that place, this, that essential, that, that essential right there, that Christ gave his life for us, that he rose for us. And when we break the bread and we pour the wine, or in agreement, or in harmony. So, so right in your home, wherever you may be, I hope that you've got a piece of bread, a cracker, you've got juice, and we'll just share the communion and we'll agree with one another that Christ died so that we could live and live together in harmony with him. Hallelujah. Father, you sent your son Jesus to this earth. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who were oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. Jesus healed the sick. Jesus fed the hungry. Jesus ate with sinners. And when he ascended into heaven, he promised to be with us always by sending us the presence of his spirit into our hearts. On the night in which he gave himself to us, he took bread and he gave thanks. We give you thanks. He broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup and he gave thanks. Father, we give you thanks. He gave it to his disciples and he said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant 
poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so we proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Father, pour out your Spirit upon our gifts here and there. And pour out your Spirit upon all of us who are gathered together that we would be to this world the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming us and for bringing us. So by your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to the whole world until Christ comes in his final victory and we feast together at that heavenly banquet. Now join with me as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Listen to the prayer. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth in my life, in your life, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven, the blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. May we feast with faith in our hearts and may we receive that unity and that harmony and the blessings of God into our lives. In Jesus' name. Father, my prayer right now is that you would move into our hearts and into our lives in such a powerful way that we would begin to value the very harmony, the very unity that you have called us into. That the kingdom of God would so manifest through our lives that the things of this world would have to bow to the power of your word in every area of our lives. That we would bind up the evil, the sicknesses and the diseases that would work through this world and we would lose the power and the healing virtues of God to every man, woman, boy and girl around this globe we ask it in Jesus name Amen and Amen wherever two or three of you would agree wherever he said there I am in the midst of in our agreement, the presence of God is made known to the world. Where we love one another, the world will know. Where we live in that unity and that harmony. Then not only will the world know, but the enemy knows he has no stronghold there. He has no power there. His power to operate has to be in strife and division. And we can remove that in our homes, in our city, in our community. We can remove it by simply coming into agreement that the body and the blood of Christ, that through the sacrifice of Jesus, we were all reconciled to God and reconciled to one another. And in the midst of that unity, in the midst of that agreement, the blessings of God begin to rule and to reign in every area. And there's a restored power to the body of Christ. 
Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look you in your eyes and grant you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.